Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Can you hear it? The sound of ocean? Waves against a rocky cliff? It's Maine, a place where sights, sounds, and tastes all come to life. Breathtaking vistas from the top of a seaside mountain. Lobster and oysters straight from crisp, cold waters. It's where you can take a breath and a beat and let the world slip away. Plan your trip at visitmaine.com. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. The McNugget Buddies are back. But this time, they got a fresh look as part of the new Kerwin Frost Box at McDonald's. We're talking all new buddies, dressed head to toe in the freshest fits, all designed by the artist Kerwin Frost. So when you order the Kerwin Frost Box with your choice of 10-piece McNuggets or a Big Mac, you'll get one of the flyest McNugget buddies to go with it. Think you can collect them all? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I'm loving it. At participating McDonald's for a limited time, while supplies last. If you're a beginning podcaster or someone who just wants to make things easy on their journey, Spotify for Podcasts is the perfect platform for you. They allow you to record your podcast and edit it, not only from your computer, but your phone as well, so you can do it on the go wherever you are. You can make money from your podcast through ads provided by the platform or through subscriptions from your audience with no catch at all. They even take the liberty of distributing your podcast not only to the Spotify platform, but every other podcast and platform as well. Just like that. All you have to do is record, edit, hit publish, and Spotify takes care of the rest. I use Spotify podcasters to start my journey. Bibbs used it to start his journey. We used it to start the Mavs Outsiders journey. And now you have the opportunity to use it to start your journey as well. To get started, all you have to do is download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com forward slash podcasters to get started. Hey, Reese, Bibbs, put the game on, man. I'm trying to see what Luca and them boys going to do tonight, man. Mavs outside this podcast. Y'all know what time it is. 
Hello, welcome back yet again to another edition of the Mavs Outsiders podcast. I am one of your hosts, Mike Bibbins, on Twitter at Bibbs Corner. Joined as always by my co host, the now over 30 club member, Reese Williams at MavR25 on Twitter. Uh, welcome to the Senior Citizen Brigade. How, how you back, Philip? Um, not as sore as it was when I woke up on my birthday. Um, I would like to correct you. I'm in the 30 club, not over 30 club. <laughs> correct, sir. I will not be in the over 30 club until next year. Please respect my time. Um, but you know, uh, my back definitely taking some liberties. Uh, went to the doctors recently, found out I have a hernia. So that's great. Oh, damn. Um, <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that over 30 said kicked in quick <laughs> <laughs> woke up with a herniated disc that's crazy a herniated disc and a hernia is two completely different fucking oh, I, I just i assumed you didn't say the whole thing i assumed the herniated disc was what we were dealing no, with no a hernia is in an actual hernia okay yeah actual hernia um i'm good now for now um but yeah man uh this these are my prime years <laughs> we'll see uh, you gonna have to have. I'm assuming no surgery or nothing like that. Just no. When I had the hernia, it was just pain, so it was no like lump or anything. Gotcha. Uh, when I went to see my doctor, he said, you know, if the pain comes back or if a lump comes back and it doesn't go away, come see me. Because if the lump comes back, well, not comes back, but if a lump pops up and it doesn't go away, go doesn't go back in, I'm gonna have to get surgery. Which did, did you have to, did you have to do the ultrasound? No. Okay. I had to do it the old-fashioned way. I had a uh, <laughs> one of my best speeches in high school. Um, one of my best essays, I should say, in high school was about having to get an ultrasound because I I had a hernia in a bad spot, and I had to tell the story about how <clears throat> I went in there. They had me up on the table like they do the ladies. Um, she gave me two towels. <laughs> She rolled one up and said to put one under the 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 the, the, uh, the huevos to put it to, to keep them in position. And then she gave me the other towel, said to put 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 the other piece to the side and put the towel over it for, for modesty purposes. Uh, this was a young, attractive woman. I was a high school boy. It was, it was a struggle. I don't think you want to tell the rest of this story. <laughs> You came in with the jelly, you know the jelly they put on the woman's stomach. Yeah, they jelly me up. <laughs> she jelly me up. She came through with the wine, started moving it around. <clears throat> Whole time I'm like, please don't let this towel move, like. Please don't let this towel move because everything is it's already embarrassing enough. And uh, she did what she had to do. She got the images or whatever. And then she left me there with my jellied up mess and said, clean yourself up and, and left. 
I felt so violated. Thought you were about the Sean Watson yourself, boy. Hell no. Well, I was tripped. I was. I just had to make sure there wasn't no no involuntary reactions going on. Oh my god! Mine was in another place. <clears throat> I think I made a sound at one point. Um, Yo. Please let's move on to other topics. Because it was cold. It was cold. Anyway. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, when she, when she said, I'm done, clean yourself up and left the room, I, I just looked down. Oh, rag at you. <laughs> I had the rag was already there. <laughs> so you can use the towels to clean yourself up. I was like, damn, you're just going to leave me like this? Like, felt so violated. I, I had to write. I had to put it on. cuddle. Nothing. Right. I don't get no kiss on the cheek, at least. Like, hey. Um, you gonna call me later? Like, what what we do? <laughs> oh man. How did we get here? What was I about to say? <clears throat> so I had wrote the essay, right? And my teacher was supposed to just see it and laugh and continue with her life. But she kept that thing, she read it to the class. And then come to find out, she took that one. It was a couple other ones I wrote. She was reading my essays to like future classes, like as the years went on. My sister is four years, was four years behind me. So she was in eighth grade when I was in 12th grade. My sister got there and she read some of this stuff to my sister's class. I was like, yo, I'm going to need you to get rid of these essays, man. I was just joking. Like, you weren't supposed to hold on to this stuff for this long. Um, I don't know if she's still reading it to this day, but oh, man, it was good times. It was good times. I was not taking that class seriously at all. <clears throat> it was good. It was good, right? I can't help. Can't help being talented, you know. Anyway, um, speaking of good writing, you know, we it's been a minute. We only pop in once a week now. We don't do the. We don't have recaps. So we don't get to talk during the week. Uh, you seen any anything worth mentioning recently? Um, today I went to see a thousand and one, uh, starring Tiana Taylor. Um, there were other people in it. Uh, you watched? Did you watch Black Lightning? Mm-hmm. The um the first is first season or two. The the guy who played the local drug dealer in uh in Black Lightning. He had a funny name, but I can't remember. Not um not the albino dude. No, not him. Okay, because he's a rapper too that I listen to. Yeah, the other guy. And I cannot remember his name. I'm gonna look it up because now I got to look it up. The name is killing me. His real name or his name in the his, show. That's his name on the show. Hmm. I'm gonna look it up. I don't know where I find it. Lala. That was his name on the show. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Lala. Uh, William Catlett. Catlett. Yeah. William Catlett. Uh, he played in this as well. Um, really good movie. Uh, it looked good from the trailers. Um, I was supposed to go see it. I think like two weeks ago or three weeks ago. Um, but the theater was packed, which I was not expecting because this movie has not been like pushed or promoted that much. Right. Um, outside of trailers I've seen or in films, although there was like a, you know how they have the, not posters, but the cardboard cutouts for movies in the theaters. Right. I had one in the AMC theater I go to. Um, was really good though. Really good. Uh, pleasant surprise. She did a fantastic job in it. I'm not sure who the young guy was that played her son, uh, both younger and older, uh, three different stages of him, basically. Um, I'm not sure who that was, but he did a fantastic job. Um, the little one or which, which stage? 
each stage. Every stage, the, the, three the, different stages. Yeah. I mean, you said which one are you saying did a good job? You said he. <clears throat> if I would have to point one out, it would be like his oldest stage, which is like eighteen. Okay. Um, they had him as a kid. They had him at fourteen, thirteen, and then they had him at eighteen. Looks like the guy you're talking about has barely been in anything. That's all right. I think he was in King Richard. At first, I was like. Why is he speaking the way he is? Why why is his cadence like this? But I think that's just watching the film. That's just the way the child is. Okay. The way the child speaks. He has like a nervousness about him. Like real slow. Yeah. Okay. Um. So yeah, uh, that was good. A very emotional film. Not a film that made it's hard to make me cry, but there were like you know. Women in the movie, women in the theater uh, that I could see that were crying, and you know, you know, a movie touched a black woman when the credits roll and they go, "Whew!" <laughs> <laughs> That's how you know the movie did its job. Yeah, yeah. a black woman go, "Whew!" Yeah. That's not a. That's not like, oh, that movie was ass. That's like. Right. Child, I'm glad I made it through. Like I survived. <laughs> oh. um, I saw Renfield. Okay. Um, I don't plan on doing a review with it. I mean, I really wanted with you because I know I didn't sign up for it. But I'll just say I gave it a six out of ten, and a six out of ten disappointed me because it could have been an eight out of ten. Like you saw some potential there that he did. The potential was there. Okay. But it took a back seat to something that was not needed in the film. Interesting. Watching the trailers, you would think that the main plot is I work for Dracula. I don't want to work for Dracula anymore. Right. False. And there's something that came out of nowhere or? Kind of, yeah. Like it was there and it just didn't need to be the main point. It did not need to be in the film at all. Okay. I thought based on the trailers or actually the the plot I'm talking about wasn't even present in the trailer. Interesting. The whole Dracula thing seems more like the B plot. Which just I I don't understand that decision. Um, Still don't like Aquafina. Don't care. Um, What else? I saw Dungeons and Dragons. Okay. Really liked it. Yes really liked it okay eight out of ten for me did i give it an eight out of ten or seven out of ten eight out of ten i think i, I also thoroughly <laughs> enjoyed dungeons drag i think i told you it was a character that stood out for me that i didn't expect yeah i'm gonna take a guess okay is it the uh the the, the swordsman guy the dude from bridgerton i i've never watched bridgerton but he did have a british accent yes light-skinned black dude yeah and handsome yeah the handsome dude <laughs> yeah he was he stole the show for me yeah i i wanted him around longer to be honest right. but after seeing him fight i'm like oh he they can't keep him around because yeah. like <laughs> it'll be too easy no, I think he watched it everybody so it don't they, they had to get rid of him for whatever reason i can't during that fight i was like oh okay this is how they get rid of him he's about to die and then he kills all of them and i'm like Oh, they can't keep him running. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, nah, that's the cheat code. The graveyard scene was hilarious. Like, 
it's funny because it's one of those scenes where I was like, damn, I wish I hadn't seen this in the trailer. Yeah, but I enjoyed it, but they didn't show you enough in the trailer to, to ruin it. Yeah, they only showed you one. Right. And even then it was still funny. Like it's it, it was still funny to me. Um right. Chris Pine was funny. The whole thing with Michelle Rodriguez and her clear fetish. Um <laughs> was hilarious that cameo i was not expecting um when she went to see her oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 i wasn't ready for that either i was not ready for that um yeah this movie was good this movie was good um and, but it's funny because i told you the only reason i wanted to watch it is because i knew who the creators were uh the people yeah. that game night game night mm-hmm. and game night had like one of those like unexpected cameos as well that, that like did a good job did you I'm have to watch that movie oh you gotta see it you gotta see it. it's definitely one of the most slept on i like i'd see that it has a very strong like cult club fan club or whatever but like it's when it came out it did not get the love that it deserved in my opinion it's one of the funniest movies probably the last 10 years i know it's on streaming somewhere i'll find it um i saw super mario brothers damn you've been moving it up loved it Interesting. Okay. Love it. It's it's definitely a fucking kids film. Let's I'm gonna keep it on it. Right. It's like it doesn't surprise me. It's made by Illumination, and the humor in it is very Illumination, very Minions and Despicable Me. But some of it's good, and this is probably the second best video game adaptation. That no, actually, when it comes to being like adapting the video game. This is the best adaption, not the best movie. I still like both of the Sonic movies better. But as far as like staying, <clears throat> but as far as like material, yeah, as far as like adapting the source material into a movie and making it work, I've never seen it done better than this. Okay, like. There's, first of all, there's damn near an Easter egg in every other scene, which is crazy. I don't know how they did that. And when I say Easter egg, I mean, like, you actually have to look. Like, you're not just going to, it's not just going to be in your face like, oh, hey, remember this? Like, you have to actually either know some things or actually point it out. Okay. Um, it, there are some issues with it. It moves a little bit too fast. Doesn't sit long enough to focus on the plot. But again, it's a kid's movie, so... Maybe I shouldn't really expect that, but I don't want to give it that excuse either. Um, but it's a fun time. It's a fun time. I loved it. I hope we get a sequel. We're going to get a sequel. I'm sorry. It's making so much fucking Because <laughs> I told you last week the theater was packed. It was packed this week as well, and I know it was for that. So. I feel like I saw something else. And again, I'm seeing these movies. I mean, people take their kids to movies early often. That mm-hmm. is normal. Let me check my history. I feel like there's something. Um, God damn. Did you go oh, to movies every day? Uh, April 9th. Oh, you did have time off, didn't you? Well, I saw Renfield in 1001 this past week, but Super Mario Brothers and Dungeons and Dragons, I saw before the last episode we recorded. Really? Yeah. Why didn't we talk about Dungeons and Dragons? I don't know. Maybe I forgot to mention it because I saw it on April 4th and we recorded on the 9th. So I probably just forgot to mention it. Um, 
I told you I saw air, right? Because I went to see that the day. I don't know. I don't know if you did. Oh, I think you did say you saw it. I think that was the day we recorded. That was the day before we recorded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why you you talked about air. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I'm all caught up. That's all. That's all I've seen. I'm all caught up on Bel Air. Uh, Hell of a season so far. Yeah, they've, they've definitely done a good job. I'm not surprised that they got renewed already. Um, I thought they were they were about to start filming season three. This uh, yeah, they got renewed early for season. Oh, okay, three. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I said I'm not surprised they already got renewed. Oh, you said you're not surprised. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, what was I gonna say? I've started listening to the Higher Learning podcast with Van Jones. Not Van Jones, Scott. I keep he he always points out that people do that, but Van Lathan and Rachel Lindsay, um, and they had the the lady that plays Aunt Viv on there one episode. Oh wow, okay. Last year was that um, recent or it was from last year, so they were okay. talking about season one. But um, it was a good <laughs> interview. I, I enjoyed hearing her perspective. As I would as love to listen listen to her talk because her voice is just like. I thought she was putting on for the show, but that really is how she talks. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I was definitely messing with it. And a lot of what she said was uh, stuff that was, it made a lot of sense. Like one of the things she talked about was being, being a educated black woman and wanting roles that reflect her identity and like having to go through life being told she's too white for the black kids and too black for the white kids and stuff like that. And she said like the Aunt Viv character kind of lets her live in that world of being who she really feels like she is basically and not having to play the distraught hood mother of a kid who got shot in the street and stuff like that. Like she doesn't want to play those roles all the time. Um, She wants to be sophisticated and educated and powerful and deal with those type of topics that she said, pretty much these roles don't come to us. Yes. So she's glad that she gets to to portray that basically. Um, And she talked about her, process as far as embodying like a combination of the two Aunt Vivs from the original. Um, and she also shed some light on not everybody from the original show has been in touch with the character, that's, the person that's playing them in the new show. Um, and she said that there might be some <clears throat> emotional stuff going on with why they might not all want to partake, if you will. I think we can understand what that means. <laughs> uh, I think that the Tatiana Ali mentioned <clears throat> there being some type of cathartic feeling to having a conversation with the girl playing Ashley, um, like how it was kind of surreal and made her like reflect on basically her childhood pretty much. Um, can you guess who didn't reach out? <laughs> the original advent, obviously. No, she, she, it was not. That ain't who I was talking about. Okay, it got to be Carlton then. It's definitely Carlton. Yeah. So Carlton is, I, I think she said Carlton is the only one who has not been in touch in any type of way, um, which made me think originally Aunt Viv must have been in touch somehow. Yeah. Um, I, you know, she showed up for the reunion, so maybe Will made something happen. Yeah, it's possible. You know, when she showed up for the reunion, Carlton got about it. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know what he got going on, but it makes sense. Apparently he still has issues with her, but even outside of that, I think what might be an issue for him is Let's keep it 100. If anybody's still living off of their fame from that show, it's Carlton. It's Alfonso Rivera. Yeah. For better or for worse. Like but, No matter what he does, that's who he is to everybody. Yeah, he's still living off of that. And maybe it's hard for him to let that go. 
like that. This new guy is coming in. Uh, look, man, I think he's a little too old for that, but <laughs> yeah, that's tough. That's tough. Uh, but definitely, I don't know the guy. Yeah, definitely enjoying the show. I started a new season of Succession. Finally, actually trying to watch another episode tonight. I'm behind. I know something crazy happens in episode three. Do not send me no goddamn spoilers, or it's going to be problems. That's all I'm going to say. Um, what else we got? What else we got? I went to see the Pope's Exorcist this weekend. Um, was supposed to be doing... Hold up, before I go any further. If you're still listening and you ain't trying to hear about these TV shows and movies, you should have checked the show notes. I, don't, I shouldn't have to explain that any, at this point in the time, but I'm doing it just in case. That's the disclaimer. Show notes if you want to skip ahead to the basketball. All right, back to the topic. <clears throat> Pope's Exorcist, I expected it to be okay. expected it to be a solid movie. It was actually fire it felt like an action movie at different points um it took it for it took i don't remember exorcism there was a certain point where i was like we've kind of seen this we've been through this we know what exorcism movies look like but there was a point where it kind of took it a couple steps further than any other exorcism movie i've seen um there's something that happens near the end that i will not discuss openly unless you've seen the movie feel free to hit me up debating on if i want to do a review still i was supposed to do it with tyler but he didn't get to see it this weekend and we're supposed to be doing bo is afraid next weekend um so we might not get the opportunity or maybe we'll double up if he gets to see the pope's exorcist too bo's afraid i I saw the poster for that i think i planned on going to see that yeah that's ari aster so me and tyler had this thing where we can't cement these new directors as legends until they get at least that third film so this is ari aster's third legend making film before we can put him in that that pantheon when does it come oh Bo is afraid yeah that's what um i'm looking at it it had a limited release this week and made a ton of money so joaquin phoenix yeah joaquin ariaster this has action that's what i was like it's not listed as like a horror film so i don't know what to expect but we'll see i don't it's three hours long these directors getting out of hand, man. They get a little power. They, they don't know how to cut. So edit for what? I'm him. Ari Aster is the one that did. Midsummer, Hereditary. Yeah. So that's why I said I don't trust them. I don't care if they listed it as a comedy. <clears throat> I'm expecting a head to splat at some point. Hmm. I don't know, man. Uh, three hours, that's... <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, I hope they got an 11 a.m. showing because I ain't trying to be in a movie theater all day. Three hours is crazy. I'm really not. <laughs> um, <clears throat> what else? What else? God damn. Okay, Joe. <sighs> what else we got? That's I a charge. I, I know I saw something. That's not a charge? Yeah, that's I'm... very clearly a charge in my opinion. Um, what else? There's something else I wanted to mention that I'm struggling with. Oh, no, he was still moving. I'm gonna skip in a minute. Sorry, he was still moving. <clears throat> uh, do 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 do. He made that. My purchases. All right, I'm about to give up. Oh, that's what it is. <clears throat> so I mentioned that I'm going to be doing the uh, doing the IMDb 100. I got the scratch off list uh, cool. last week. I finally got around to watching Goodwill Hunting. Amazing movie. Definitely got me. Um, make, 
25 years ago, Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, kind of Robin Williams, RIP, um, the father, the scars guard father, if you will. Um, <clears throat> just a strong cast, great movie. I better than I don't know why I would say it was better than I expected <laughs> because it's on the top 100 for a reason. But it's like as I was watching it, I was like, yeah, this this definitely belongs in the top 100. Um, so me and Rolo did the review that's coming out. It might already be out. I'm trying to put it out the same time I put out uh, this episode. So that'll be on the Have You Seen pod. So I got the IMDb top 100. Wednesday, I have an interview with uh, actress Tatum Matthews, who has a movie coming out at the end of the month called Artifice Girl about uh, artificial intelligence that's being used to catch predators. Uh, she plays the art, the AI uh, simulation. Um, 95% right now on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, wow. Comes out on the, the 27th. So uh, should be the interview is going to be quick. I think it's like 12 minutes. So the episode will probably be like 15 minutes for that. So um, Goodwill Hunting Review. Artifice Girl, and then by the weekend, Bo is Afraid should be out. I'm also gonna do like a, I'm gonna do like a dump of all the movies that I've watched and missed. Maybe a top ten, something like that. Top ten movies of 2023 so far. Uh, if I have not already done like a big review, so I've been trying to figure out a way to get out like some type of content around the movies I watch and don't get to do reviews for. So I'm just gonna do a dump of like movies we missed or something like that. Anyway. I think that's enough movie talk. I'm gonna have to go through the uh the thing and see what other movies I want to. I did update the spreadsheet. Oh yeah, so if you're one of my people that does reviews, or you're one of those people that want to do a review with me, a conversation, go listen to one first of all, so you get an understanding for how I usually do it. Uh, don't be afraid. I'm willing to talk to anybody about these movies. Let's get it doing. Get it done. Um, but I. Everybody I've already sent the spreadsheet to for upcoming movies. I did add some more through either June or July. I can't remember off the dome right now. So I did add some more. Make sure you sign up so we so I know who I'm who I'm looking for around those times. All right. <clears throat> Let's get to this basketball. No ads, so no breaks. All gas. I say that while my stomach bubbles. <laughs> Anyway, it, it felt like it was loud. So if it came through the mic, I, that's I ain't hear nothing, brother. <clears throat> My stomach started bubbling as soon as I said all gas. Uh, if if the mic picks up your stomach bubbling, that's a good ass mic. Shout out. To, I mean, I'm not shouting them out. Don't shout me. these motherfuckers out. They ain't paying us. Ain't nobody giving me money. They ain't nobody getting no shout outs. That's how it goes. So as you may have seen in the title. I don't know what I'm titling this, so. <laughs> As you say, you ain't even got a title yet. <laughs> this is the award show episode. And we're going we to wore suits. Man. Say what? We should have wore suits. Sit your ass down, please. Don't get up. <laughs> don't get up. I don't, I don't have the energy. Fuck it. <laughs> we move it on. Um, we're going to start with the Mavs Awards, uh, something we've done at the end of every year. Um, Always with an interesting outcome for some of these awards. But before we get started, Reese, I'm going to ask you, do you want to do your um, Unsung Mav of the Year last? Let's do it first. Let's set the tone. Let's say first to last. All right. <clears throat> so if you're a listener of the show, you know 
at the end of every week, Reese gives his unsung hero of the week, the player that, that stood out the most, who doesn't usually get the love and, and did their thing that week. And I have no idea who this is going to be. I said I was going to try to pay attention, but I feel like the, the year just went so crazy. I did not care uh, at a certain point. We had some trades, some potential candidates got shipped off. Maybe they still had enough to get the, the, the award. Who knows? But without further ado, I bring to you the unsung hero of the year, Reese. Let him have it. This was tough. Um, <clears throat> this race was much closer than last year. I just want to get out the way. Shout out to Spencer Dinwiddie. He almost won. He, we almost had to give the award to a motherfucker that's no longer on the team. How ironic that would have been, especially considering he's in the playoffs and we're not. Shout out to Jaden Hardy for getting three, making it a much closer race later in the season. But with five. Mavs Outsiders Unsung Hero of the Year Awards. The Unsung Hit, well, Unsung Hero of the Week Awards. The Unsung Hero of the Year Award is a tie. Between Christian Wood and Tim Hardaway Jr. Now, I was going to just say, uh, I'll be the tiebreaker. But this is the perfect time for some fan interaction. Ooh. Ooh. So since <clears throat> it is tied between THJ and Christian Wood, by the time you hear this episode, a poll will be coming out. I'm not going to put the poll out before the episode because I don't want to spoil the surprise. going to put the poll out maybe... 12 hours or a day after the episode has been out. I'm going to let you decide who wins the Unsung Hero of the Year award between Christian Wood and Tim Hardaway Jr. Only two options since those are the guys that tied. I don't want you to go into this with any bias. I want you to think about things that both of these guys have done. They're both tied for a reason. These awards haven't just been given away to people. They worked for them. It's interesting. I'm, I'm, I actually like this. I'm glad it didn't just go to one person because tallying them up, I was like, oh, hold up. Okay, he got four. He got four. He got three. Tallied up Christian Wood. Christian Wood. Boom, he got five. Tim Hardaway Jr. got five. Then Woody was stuck at four because by the time I was getting to these games, it was after the Kyrie trade. So I knew he was out of it. It wasn't going to be a three-way tie. The THJ, Christian Wood, so far, until a vote has been decided, are the co-unsung Hero of the Year recipients. And that's just the first of the Mavs Awards. Now let's get to the rest of them. Before we do that, actually, <clears throat> I did want to mention uh, Spotify has a feature where we can put polls on the episode which I've been making use of these past couple of weeks. Okay. Um, I did not mention it in the last episode. I forgot. 
but two episodes ago, I asked um, what people wanted the Mavs to do in the last week of the season. Uh, did they want them to lose out for the lottery, fight for the play-in, or did you not care anymore? Most people said lose out for the lottery. How many people voted? 12 total. Okay. Nine people said lose, three said don't care. Okay. Last week, and again, I hadn't announced that. I just kind of put it on there. So I don't I don't use Spotify, so I don't even know how it shows up. Um, but apparently we have over 500 Spotify people, even though it's not our biggest um, streaming service. So I'll mention it just to see if maybe we get some more interaction on it this week. I think it always puts, what did you think about this episode as one? And then I can add like other ones. So the sec, the last week I asked, um, on the grand closing episode, I asked, what do you want to do with the potential top 10 pick? Uh, seven people said, use it. Three people said, trade it. Four people said, use it. If it's Wemby. So most people want to use it, which is interesting. I think uh, having a new rookie or whatever is always exciting to people. Yeah. It gives people hope. Right. Because you never know what they can turn out to be. Yeah. Especially a top 10 pick. Yeah, exactly. So we'll see. Um, All right. To these Mavs awards... I think we should get the obvious one out of the way. Just run that for the people that don't usually people that might be new here for the Mavs awards. Just run down. Okay. So we kind of follow the, uh, the regular format for awards. So we have the most valuable Mav defensive Mav of the year, six Mav of the year, newcomer of the year and the most improved Maverick. I'm, do you want to get the most obvious one out of the way? Obviously, yeah. <clears throat> All right. So the most valuable Maverick, I don't think this would be debatable. Uh, it's Luka Doncic. Obviously. Uh, 32 we should, we should honestly just stop doing the award until. <laughs> I mean, if Kyrie, <laughs> stays, if Kyrie stays, it might be. Well, yeah, if Kyrie stays, yeah. Or if we trade him for another all-star type player. Yeah. Oh, my God. All right, sorry. Watching the game in the background, things got a little weird. Things get weird when Giannis is going toward the rim. Um, 32.4 career points per or point per game, which is a career high. 8.6 boards, 8 assists, 1.4 steals, which is also a career high. His 3.6 turnovers is the lowest since his rookie year uh, with an 11.9% turnover rate, which is his lowest of his career. Uh, 60.9 true shooting percentage, the highest of his career. Weird year for Luca, but a a dominant year regardless. No no debate, I think, on that. No debate. I'm going to let you pick the next award. Newcomer. New, new Mav, newcomer of the year, whatever. Mav, newcomer of the year was a tough one. Um came down to three players. I'm going to eliminate one because they weren't here long enough. What? <laughs> I'm eliminating one because they weren't here long enough. Okay. 
Um, I'm confused. Oh, wait. Kyrie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kyrie played, what, 20 games? That's Honest just went to the locker room. Yeah, he wasn't moving very well. Um, yeah, Kyrie, Kyrie wasn't here long enough. He probably bruised his tailbone bare minimum. Um, so then it came down to two players. And to be honest, I have to give it to Christian Wood. Uh, I went back and forth on this, but it kind of—I kind of did the same thing I do with movies, where if I have low expectations and they exceed them, it's hard for me not to feel <clears throat> extra good about them. So I wasn't sure what to expect. I expected him at some point when he wasn't getting the minutes that he thought he should get that he would have some type of outburst or act out in some way. Never happened. Uh, every time he got on the court, excuse me, about 90% of the time he performed, he did what he was supposed to do. Uh, the games where he wasn't performing was mostly, I think he had one bad game where he had like some bad fouls in a row. Um, he had a couple games where he couldn't hit some shots, but for the most part, he's doing what he's supposed to do and scored 16.6.7 boards, almost two assists over a block a game in 25 minutes a game. Based on what we've been getting from players on this team, that's that's pretty damn good, in my opinion. Um, so I had to give it to I had to give it to Christian Wood. I gave it to Jaden Hardy. Um, that was the other candidate. <laughs> not gonna lie, it was influenced by the fact that I know Christian Wood most likely won't be here next season. Okay, which sucks, but it wasn't like it wasn't a race. Obviously, like. Uh, I didn't have low expectations for Christian Wood. Um, did he? I would say for the most part, he met my expectations. I don't think he exceeded them, whether it be because of a lack of anything he did or the him not getting the time we felt like he should have. But I didn't have any high expectations for Jaden Hardy. I didn't have any expectations for Jaden right. Hardy. You remember the game limit I put on him. Uh, yeah, and I think he exceeded that. 30 games. Yeah. yeah. He exceeded that, so... And not only did he exceed it, he looked good in majority of them. So uh, I'm excited for his future here. I'm excited to see what he does next year. But I definitely uh, – he's my pick for a map newcomer of the year. Okay. I think that's – I'm glad that we split that. Um, okay. I'm going to make you go first on this one then, based on that. Sixth map of the year. This was down to two people for me as well but I went with Christian Wood on this. Uh, gave it to Christian Wood. Um, he was coming off the bench for majority of the season. Even times where he was coming off the bench playing 14 minutes, we saw the production he was giving in those 14 minutes. 14 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, 25 minutes, 30 minutes off the bench. Uh, when a guy would go down, when a Dwight Powell would not be available, when a JaVale McGee would not be available, and Christian Wood would step into the starting lineup, that production would continue, if not exceed. Uh, I think that's the definition of what a six-man role is. And I think he played it better than the other candidate that I had for the for the award. But I decided to go with Christian Wood on this one. Okay. Uh, same thing. I went with Christian Wood. Uh, like you said, he only started, what, 17 games this year? I think so. Somewhere in that number. Less than half of the game, so he, he definitely qualified. 
uh, hard to ignore the production. It was a situation where we would get down big often and Jason Kidd would decide to let him play and we would get back in the game most most of the times when that happened. Whether or not we ended up winning, whatever, but you bring a guy in off the bench to score points and he does that, that's like you said, that's what a six-man does. Uh, I think Tim ended up starting too many games to qualify, so that made that that choice easy for me. Yeah. I think okay. Tim started like six games. Like, I didn't know that. Okay. <clears throat> I mean, even though my other candidate was Josh Green. Yeah, I think I don't think Josh started too many games, but like I like you alluded to, he wasn't consistent enough. Yeah. Um all right, next award. Games play real quick. Defensive Mav of the Year. Tim started 45. Just to be clear. Okay. Yeah, he started most 45 and 71. So yeah, he didn't qualify. All right, defensive map of the year. This was uh this was also tough. Came down to three candidates. Hmm. Decided that none of them deserved it. There's no defensive map of the year. We sucked ass, and I can't give it to anybody. Are you for real? Oh, I'm not joking. I couldn't I couldn't give it to anybody. I cannot yeah. cannot look at anybody on this roster and say you did your job on defense. Who uh were your three candidates? Josh. Dwight, Christian Wood. Dwight? You fucking serious? Dwight was a net neutral, <laughs> technically, if you look at all the events. I would have given Dorian Finney-Smith the shit even for the half season he played over Dwight. I, I just put him on the list because the analytics told me to, and then I said... Fuck them analytics. I know what my eyes tell me. That that's boy, why I don't have a winner. <laughs> why I don't have a winner. I gave it to Josh. Um, <laughs> I think for majority of the season until the end where he fell off, Josh did his due diligence on defense. Obviously, defense is a team effort. One guy isn't going to, unless you're a Giannis or a Rudy Gobert, you're not, one guy isn't going to change the entire defense, uh, especially not a guard. So uh, I would say he did his job on defense for the majority of the season. Uh, even when he started falling off a bit, it was mainly his offense that fell off as opposed to his defense, even though he did have some lapses. But uh, in my opinion, he was by and far the best defender on the team. I personally think he deserved the award. Yeah, and that's probably where I would have gone if I had decided to give it to anybody. But consistency matters to me. I couldn't, I couldn't do it. Um, that leaves us with one, one award, which I think might be pretty obvious. Uh, most improved Maverick, which given to Josh Green. Obviously, yeah. <laughs> Scoring went from 4.8 per game to 9.1, increases rebounds and assists. Uh, 53.7 from the field, 40.2 from three, 72% from the line, all also career highs. Um, Show flashes of what he could be during this season and made me excited about the future. I expect Mm -hmm. to see more growth for him. I, I think in the preseason, I had predicted 10 points per game for him. Didn't quite get there. It was on his way till he fell off again at the end of the year. But um, <clears throat> that's okay. Nine is good. I think he'll cross that threshold next year if he's still a Maverick. I was about to say, if he, <laughs> he doesn't get traded. If he's still a Maverick, I expect him to continue to improve. Um, so I'm, I'm excited about, about what I saw from Josh. And if Josh and Jaden are both here next year, then maybe there'll be a little bit of competition for that award. 
Yeah, uh, he hasn't grown enough to the point where he's disqualified for the award next year. If he makes a big leap next year, you know, um, he could still win the award. Jaden Hardy, I think, is my favorite to win it personally. Um, it could be someone on the team. We actually know because anybody else that could win it, I don't want on the team next year. And the thought of them being on the team next year, I was like, what if Reggie wins it next year? I don't want to see Reggie in an imaginable form ever again. Like, no, we don't so. need that. The only person I would tolerate is Maxi. Okay. I can tolerate Maxi on the team next year as long as it's in a reduced role. Right. And that- Maxi is very valuable when his role, when he's not asked to do as much as we're asking him to do. I agree. Like that whole, oh yeah, Maxi's coming back. Like, yo, be fucking for real. Like, can't do that anymore. Yeah. So Maxi could possibly win it next year if he's in a reduced role because then i think his production will grow but we'll see okay not mad at it um <laughs> that's it for the mavs awards yeah i mean i was that that i wouldn't necessarily say it was all of them were easy but we knew who the candidates were so right. breeze right through it right that was pretty easy um pretty this easy. is this is the this ain't the hard part we saved the hard part for last, I'm sure. But what you mean? The all NBA and all that? Yeah. All right. So we're gonna get to these NBA awards. We're supposed to be doing an NBA podcast soon. We haven't gotten that going yet. But this will be a taste uh, of us talking about the rest of the league. Um we're gonna do the big awards first. Two, three, four, five, six, six. And I'm going to let you choose the order for this one. The whole order? First three. First three? Okay. First three, let's go. Six man first. Okay. Most improved. Okay. Hmm. An MVP. Damn. Okay. Um, six man of the year, strong candidates out there. Yeah, uh, a, lot, a lot of strong candidates, a lot of good candidates. Did I you tried pay to attention? Go okay, go ahead. I was about to say, did you pay attention to the finalists or did you just? I tried not to. Okay, um, at the end of the day, most of them are correct. Like, I yeah. didn't complain about most of the uh list of finalists. Um, and my list actually did come down to, I believe, the three people I saw listed as finals. I didn't go back to double check, but I'm pretty sure these are the same three. Uh, I could not help but give it to Malcolm Brogdon. Uh, 15 points, four boards, four assists off the bench. Uh, just, just a brilliant uh, addition by the Celtics. You know, it's nice when your team is very, very good, like good enough to go to the finals and your front office still thinks you can get better. Um, you know, versus, you know, when you go to the Western conference finals, lose your second best player and think that you're good to go, you know, that's, that's just a different way of thinking. They, they go at a Malcolm Brogdon and well-oiled machine for most of the year. Uh, Brogdon is a guy I obviously have always liked and he's in a great place for himself to just kind of chill. He played 26 minutes a game. Uh, no 50, 40, 90, but he shot 44% from three this year. 
It's crazy. Uh, big fan of Malcolm Brogdon. That's that's my guy. That's my winner. My winner for the six man of the year award plays for the team you're wearing. Okay. I went with Bobby Portis. Uh, has a lot to do with what I mentioned when I talked about Christian Roll, Christian Roll, Christian Woods Roll <laughs> for the Mavs being able to step up, bringing that energy and production off of the bench, along with bringing that same production, if not more, when the team isn't healthy and you're asked to step up in the starting lineup. And out of the three finalists, Malcolm Brogdon, Bobby Portis, Emmanuel Quickly, I think Bobby Portis showed that the most. Being able to step into the starting lineup when Giannis was out or Giannis and Middleton were out which happened a lot this season uh, and being able to put up like 20 point games, 20 point double, double games uh, off of the bench for the season, averaging 14 and basically 10, 9.6. But I mean, you can round it wherever you want to. Uh, in my opinion, that's a double, double off of the bench. Some people may not see it that way, but uh, I think he exemplified that the most. So uh, in my opinion, he's the sixth man of the year. Definitely was one of my finalists. It actually came down to those two for me. Okay. Uh, good pick. Good pick. Uh, definitely can't can't say anything about that. Bobby Portis just came off the bench a minute ago and, and gave the Bucks a spark. Uh, it's, what, it's what he's supposed to do. It's what he does. Uh, all right. Let's keep it moving. Most improved. Uh, initially, I started to have a hard time with it, and then I looked at the numbers, and I was like, why the fuck am I having a hard time with this? <laughs> It's it's gotta be that that dude, the finisher, the killer, the sniper, the 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 military man himself, Laurie Marketing, the king of the north, went to Utah, put the team on his back, damn near got him to the playoffs till they decided they needed to tank. Twenty five points per game after averaging fourteen last year. Like when he was doing 14 last year, I thought it was a sign that he was a solid player that teams should win. Then he exploded to 25, all star. Couldn't be happier for him. Uh, a guy that I dissed coming out of the draft. Um, and this is where the international play stuff like that it, it matters because that's when he discovered himself. That's when he realized he was that dude when he was the leader of his team over over in Europe, and he was like, "Wait a minute, I can really hoop." I can really do this. And he came back to the NBA. They said it was just Eurobasket, but he came back and he did that shit in the NBA too. So shout out to Lori Marketing. That's my guy. Uh, I chose Lori Marketing as well. Um, I thought about it. I was like, you know, Jalen Brunson. Yeah, he's hooping in New York, but we saw flashes of this right. in Dallas last year, especially in the playoffs. Shea Gilgis Alexander's most improved is more like a gradual thing. Like we've seen it progress year after year. And we've seen guys win the award like that. Right. Giannis won the award like that. Uh, Paul George won the award like that. Um, Danny Granger won the award like that. Uh, a couple of it. CJ McCollum won the award like that. Just like gradual progression. But no one could have like what Lori Markinen did this year. It, no one would have been like, oh yeah, this like in that trade, the Donovan Mitchell trade, everybody was like, all right, Colin Sexton, he's going to be most improved. He's going to be the scorer. He's going to be the guy. Dude was coming off the bench. Laurie Markkinen was out there hooping. 
You know how many parlays Lori marketing didn't win me? <laughs> oh man. Oh man, look, shout out to Lori marketing. I'm happy he's found this place in the league, and I highly doubt this will be the last time you hear his name on this podcast today. Ooh wee. <laughs> That's what we call a tease in the biz. Yes, sir. <laughs> Foreshadowing in the film industry. There you go. All right, let's keep it moving. You said you want that MV Pizzle. Highly contentious award. Yeah. Uh, this year. I think it's cleared as a, a top three. Obviously, yeah. Um, and they are, of course, the finalists. Um, now, if I was an NBA voter, I probably would vote a certain way just for historical purposes. Um, it's tough when you go back through history and you see, dang, this dude really ain't had no MVPs or this dude really only had one MVP or this dude really only had two MVPs. But when I'm looking at just the year in a, in a, in a nutshell, just isolate that year, it's Giannis, man. It's Giannis, ain't no fucking debate. He does it on both ends. One of the best scorers in the league, one of the best defenders in the league. Uh, it's Giannis. His team had injuries. Chris Middleton, they said Chris Middleton was more important than him. Chris Middleton played like five games this year. His team still won the East. Like, kiss my ass. Giannis is the MVP. I gave it to Joel Embiid. For the, I would have gave it to Embiid if I was an NBA. If I had a real MB- I wanted to give it to Giannis, but, you know, I, I looked. Giannis, Jokic, and Embiid all have missed around the same amount of games. Okay. They'll play 60-something, but they've all missed the same amount of games. Okay. And when I look at how the Sixers perform without Embiid, that was the that was the tipping scale for me. Because that team sucks dick without Joel Embiid. <laughs> and granted, Giannis doesn't have that superstar next to him like a James Harden. But when Giannis was out, the team still maintained. They still finished with the number one seed. I'm not saying that's a knock on Giannis at all. Like Giannis is what makes that team glued together. Without Giannis, they obviously would be in a lottery as well. But the fact that they were able to still perform and keep the team afloat, where you saw what the Sixers looked like without Joel Embiid, I think that's a huge testament to most valuable. I would say Joel Embiid is more valuable to the Sixers than Giannis is to the Bucks, And it's not by a large gap. It's like very close. Considering um, you're six man of the year, I would say that that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, it, and even Brooke Lopez, who's a finalist for defense yeah. player of the year. Like, right. Yeah. So if, if Embiid wins, I will be happy for him. I will not be upset at all. Mm-hmm. Um, it can't be Jokic in my opinion. I can't. Months ago, I could have justified giving it to Jokic. Okay. Now I can't justify giving it to you. What changed? The way Embiid and Giannis ran off with the award. Yeah. They not closed the gap. They widened the gap between Jokic. Like there was never a huge, even when Jokic was killing, like Giannis and Embiid were as well. So there was never a huge gap. But I want to say maybe like after the All-Star break, or a little bit before, I just started seeing Embiid and Giannis run off with that award and why Jokic was still doing his thing. I don't think he did enough to close the gap. Okay. Yeah, I, I think they, like you said, they both finished strong. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for me, it was Giannis holding on to that one seed. 
Yeah. Despite the pressures of those other teams coming after him. And Embiid as well, just putting up 50 pieces and, and 30, 20, 30, 18 games, stuff like like carry this team on his back or would it matter? Like that's that's the type of things you want to see from your MVP. And as we said earlier, the, the Nuggets kind of slipped near the end of the year. Um, so, yeah, Embiid, Giannis, those are my two acceptable MVPs this year. Uh, Giannis is my pick personally. But now let's get to these last three big awards. Uh, let's get this one out of the way. This is obvious, I think. Rookie of the year, Paolo Banchero. Paolo Banchero. Don't think we need to talk about it a lot. 20 points per game for a rookie is kind of a big deal. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I, stop playing with my, in my face. I act like somebody else deserves this fucking award. Fuck out of my face, man. This is bullshit. Um, shout out to the Orlando Magic. Happy for Jamal Mosley and them. I think next year they'll, whatever pick they get next year, they're going to try to be a playoff team. Yeah, and the Chicago pick goes to them as well. I'm excited to see them make that next that next step. Take that next step. Facts. Um, anything you need to say about Paulo? No. Nah. All right. Oh, the obvious one out the way. Coach of the year? Yeah. All right. Mike Brown? Mike Brown. There we go. Mike Brown, Sacramento. Didn't make the playoffs for 16 years. Made the playoffs this year. Not only made the playoffs, made it as a three seed. Three seed. Can't be happier for that city. I don't know if a coach has either one unanimous coach of the year, but. <laughs> um. When he wins it, it will be well-deserved. Yeah. Final, final award is the defensive player of the year. Um, I'm one of those people that I feel like the top team should get recognition in some way, shape, or form. Um, whether it's one of the big awards or an all-NBA first bid. And since I can't put any of the people on this certain team, on All-NBA first, I gave Jared Jackson that defensive player of the year. I did as well. Not for that reason, but that's a very good reason as well. Uh, the team. difference for me was, first of all, the Evan Mobley shit came out of nowhere, like, last minute. You always want to be different, man. It's so annoying. Like, shout out to Evan Mobley. Like, he's been a defensive, not beast, juggernaut. We know what his defense is. Right. He deserves to be in a conversation for defense. Wink, wink. But I give it to Jaron Jackson over Brooke Lopez. I hate to put it like this. Jaron Jackson doesn't have a Giannis on his team for, mm-hmm. for help defense. He doesn't have a Bobby Portis on his team for defense. He doesn't have a Drew Holiday on his team for defense. Mm-hmm. And again, that's not a knock against Brooke because what Brooke has done this year on defense. First of all, shout out to Brooke Lopez for reinventing his entire fucking career. Like, I still remember when that trade went down. Like he was on his way out of the league, not on his way out of the league, but like he was on that ass Lakers team. He was getting that Hibbert treatment. Like, yeah, we about to phase you out, old man. Yeah. And he changed it. He was a post scorer, Right. No defense rebounding and post scoring. And he turned into now he don't rebound as much. He's See, not a good rebounder. Three and D big. Three and D big. <laughs> like, probably no, the best in the game, three and D big. Yeah. Cause he shoots better than Jaron Jackson Jr. Well, that's obvious he does. Not in my opinion. That's objective. But 
yeah, Jaron Jackson is holding down the defense, and he doesn't have those things. Dylan Brooks is a very good defender, but he's not a Drew Holiday. Right. And the Memphis Grizzly team is a great defensive team, but it's mainly because of Jaron Jackson Jr., and he's holding it down. He does still have those moments, those foul moments, but uh, I think he deserves this award this year. Yeah, uh, led the league in blocks per game. Um, you you laid out the, the the other reasons for me as far as uh, the the being on the island basically as the lone defensive guy there with uh, especially with Adams being out for so long. Um, he held it down and he was healthy this year, which uh, are relatively healthy sixty three games, which wasn't always a thing early in his career. Couldn't stay healthy, couldn't stay out of foul trouble. Stayed relatively healthy. Stayed pretty much out of. Oh, was he? Was his fouls per game down? Let me double check that. Actually, eh, he's been down the past couple of years, but yeah. then wasn't in foul trouble like he was early in his career. Um, the lack of rebounding, he actually increased his rebounding this year as well. But um, just his presence inside deters shots, and you know, it's not always. I always say for defense, it's not always about the blocks because usually uh, if you're that good, people won't try you. Uh, shout out to Gobert. But for him, people know he's good. They don't really try him, but when they do, he blocks the shots. Yeah. <laughs> it's all the way around. Did a great job. Happy for Jaron. It's not even just his paint defense. He's switching one of Bermuda as well. So. That too. Mo- mobility. That's why I had another reason why I had him over Brooke. Um Otherwise, it would have probably been Giannis, but it can be Giannis every year. It's one of those situations. Um, let's get to these all NBA teams, I guess. Let's do it. I'm gonna let you do your all NBA first team center. Just get it out the way. Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid. Uh, forwards, I have Giannis and Tatum. I have Giannis and Tatum as well. Now, the guards is where it's about to get fun, boy. That's where it's about to get fun. This was tough. I'm not going to lie. I still don't know if I'm happy with what I came out with. I'm curious to know what you went with this. Um, I talked mad. I talked my stuff online. Said certain people didn't deserve certain things. And I'm just putting that off rip, off the dome. If you told me on a blanket statement, do they deserve it? Probably not. But... When you lay it all out, we lay out all the facts. When you look at who didn't play games, who did, where those teams landed, where their their production landed, I had to come out with Luca and Donovan Mitchell as my first team All NBA guards. Yeah. Luca thirty two eight and eight. Donovan Mitchell twenty eight. Can't remember the other stats, but he was doing he was doing his thing, and his team benefited. I think my pick about to be a little controversial. I don't know where this is going, but we're going to find out. I rewarded winning. Mm. I so mean, my, go ahead. My guards are Donovan Mitchell. Okay. De'Aaron Fox. See, I had De'Aaron Fox there initially, and then I was like, I can't put him over Luka. I, I hesitated because I had shade at first. Okay. Then I was like, ah. Uh, I can't justify having Shea there but not having Luca there. And I don't, I, them, I don't want to put them both there because Donovan deserves it. So I said, let me put Fox there because he is winning. 
he's going to make my, even if he doesn't make my first, he's going to make my second or third. And I don't want to have a guy on the third team out of all the guards. He's one of the few whose team is actually winning. And we talk about how much winning matters. I gave it to him first team. I'm not mad at it. Uh, And he plays defense. Yeah. So that was my justification for even getting him. Well, we'll see where we got him. Let's move to the second team. So the only thing we had different was Fox versus Luka in the first team. Very interesting. Second team. Let's go ahead and get the center out the way, Jokic. Jokic. Give me your guards. Oh, wait. Yeah, we'll go guards. Go ahead. Luka and Shea. Okay. I had Ja and Shea. Oh, okay. Ja made it for you. Okay. Yeah, I, I did put ja, Luke Ja. Uh, I think – I don't know if he's thinking that, that that 65 game thing kicked in for this year, which it doesn't. No, I know. Which he put in his little statement saying it cost him the team. I don't know if it did. That's Who said that? When he put out his little statement about the 17-year-olds. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Costed him the game or whatever. Well, I don't know what the fuck he said. Anyway, um, so, yeah, Ja, Shay, you put Luca over Ja. Okay. Forwards, I got Jalen Brown, Julius Randle. Same. This is uh, – we, we on the same page. I don't know how <laughs> – <laughs> Uh, shout out to Julius Randle. I wanted to hate on him this year. He didn't let me. I think our third team is about to be the same except one player, but I'm going to hold my tongue. So the one player that you've already named that's on my third team is De'Aaron Fox. Okay. Uh, so we'll go ahead and get that out of the way. And I know one that we also probably have the same as the center again, Sabonis. Bonus. Yeah. So we're down to three players. I'm going to let you list your one of your guards, any, in anyone. Damian Lillard. Okay. Explain yourself. He had to be on the third team if he made it at all. But the season that he had, this is arguably the best season of his entire career. Yeah. Uh, The Trailblazers were not good. Uh, They they started off looking okay, and they fell off a cliff, and they stayed there. Um, But I cannot keep Damian Lillard off of the All-NBA team. That's fair. Uh, that's my guy. I had to leave him off. My other guard beside Fox is James Harden. It's fair. It was tough, but I felt felt necessary to give it to him. I, I came down in between him and another guy who I, I feel like the voters, I don't know why I let this influence me, but I feel like natural progression, you got to do it more than once before they throw you on an all-NBA team, unless your team is the top three. My other guard was Steph Curry. Okay. It was between Steph and James Harden. I decided to go Steph. The legacy guards, right? Yeah. So we're down to our forwards, and we alluded to you alluded to this already. So I think we both did the same thing. Lori Marketing. Lori Marketing. Can't deny the production. Nope. Don't care what his team did. The forward position was very weak. Like before we came on here, me and Reese were going like I was finalizing my list and I realized I didn't have my third team for, forwards because I was so stressed about the guards. Um, so then the other one I gave to Pascal Siakam. I gave it to Jimmy Butler. Jimmy. OK. OK. 
And I just made a note of which ones we had different, like I did last year. Okay. For the most part, we were pretty much on the same page. Yeah. Um, I had Harden, Siakam, and Ja different. You had Steph, Dame, and Jimmy Butler. Yep. Everything else was pretty much the same. Uh, between or I had Luca first team, you had him second. I had Fox third team, you had him first. Other than that, we were on the same page, which is boring, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, it'll be interesting to see how the voters vote. They have a tough job, especially, but I think that uh, the players that missed a thousand games kind of make it a lot easier. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but some people are still going to vote for those guys. So that's that's where it's going to get interesting, I think. All defensive. What is going on with Tyler Hero? I don't know. He was squatting like in a frog position. I thought he was trying to hide. Then he stood up, got the ball, <laughs> splashed that thing, and went back to bending over like he was in pain. Like, like a creative. He ain't splashed that. He missed. Did he miss? No, nah, he splashed on a shot. He didn't hit that. No, nah, that was an air ball. Somebody put it back in. All right. He definitely shot it with confidence. All right. Let's, this, let's get to this all defense. I think this is going to be interesting, too. Uh, based on our conversation so far, I'm pretty sure we got some, some similar ones. Um, center, Brooke Lopez. Yes. Forwards, Giannis and Jaron Jackson. No. Okay. I have Jaron Jackson and Bam Adebayo. Bam is a center, no? He doesn't qualify for the... Oh, shit. I don't know how they do it. I would have to look at last year's team. That's about to fuck my whole thing up. <laughs> I'll change it if I have to, but for now, I got Bam. It's positionless next year, but it's not. Okay. Uh, let me see. 2000, let's look at 22. Gobert, Jaron Jackson, Draymond, Giannis, Drew, Bridges, Thibel. Well, they have Bam and Robert Williams. Hold on. What the fuck? Let me look at the list again. Yeah, Gobert was on the first team. Jaron Jackson and Giannis were the forwards. They had McCall Bridges, too. So that's, that's three forwards, is it not? And then the second team was Bam. Okay, I'll allow it. It's not position, it's not position based. Okay, Which means I can take one of these motherfuckers out. <laughs> I can't remember who else I was. I had on here though before I took somebody. Oh, I knew who it was. All right, all right. So yeah, Bam instead of Giannis. Um, and then my last two, I had Drew and Dylan Brooks. I got OG and Jaden McDaniels. Damn. You ain't put no guards? They are guards. Jaden McDaniels isn't a guard. OG is a shooting guard. Okay. Jaden McDaniels a guard? I mean, you don't have to have guards, but whatever. Okay, I had OG initially. I took him out. You took him out? Took him out. Okay. I had him on my second team. I had. I was debating Jaden McDaniels as well. I took him out. 
Um, let's get to the second team then. I've already told you who's not there for me. I had the Anthony Melton. That's a good one. Draymond. Jimmy. Mobley. And Claxton. I have Drew. Giannis. Mobley. Claxton. <clears throat> and Alex Caruso. <laughs> you know what's funny? You had him, but you took him off. That was the person I literally just took off. <laughs> I put Draymond in since I realized I didn't need positions. <laughs> okay. So what? You had OG. This one did get a little different. So we you had OG, McDaniels, and Caruso, who I didn't. And then I had Jimmy Butler, Draymond, and DeAnthony Melton, who you didn't. Oh, wait, Dylan, Dylan Brooks. Did you you didn't have Dylan Brooks, right? No. Okay. Yeah, Dylan Dylan Brooks was another one. You had Bam as well. Okay. We had a good bit of difference. Drew, Giannis, Mobley, Claxton, Brooke Lopez, Jared Jackson, we we had the same. Okay. Uh anything else we need to hit before we get up out of here? Um I don't think so. I don't think there's anything notable coming up right away that we need to tell them about. Um, nah. Okay. All right. You're going to have to. <laughs> the offseason is among us. Facts. Offseason is here. We're not used to being in the offseason. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of makes the content harder, doesn't it? We got to actually put in work. Yeah. On the content. Shout out to the people still listening because y'all are still running the views up. You can actually access the views now. Oh, um, from because uh, of Spotify. Podcasts. If you still have the the the, I have it. The login info. Okay, so yeah. damn, that's Giannis is out. I think he got that tail. They got they got to look at that tailbone. I think they said Tyler Hero was out too. He looked pretty rough. He looked like he was in some actual pain. Headed to the locker room. Uh, this is why. This is why I avoided this game something in my gut told me not to bet on this game and i'm glad i didn't that's rough that's rough uh so it's your week next week i mean i gotta go back and look at the schedule of events that we did last year to see when we started doing the like the the play gm and stuff like that uh, but I'm sure we'll come up with some stuff. It'll be fun. It'll yeah, be- it's still going to be a while before we play the GM because we still got to wait for the lottery. So, Right, right. Um, be at least two months. Two months? Not- lottery is next a year. A month and a half, I'm sorry. Next month, I think. Let me see when the lottery is. I can give you the date. I got all the... Like, I thought it's usually around the finals. NBA, draft, lottery, do, do, do. Regular season, rosters for playoffs. What a day is it? It's April. Okay, playoffs begin. So draft lottery is May 16th, so literally a month from today. Okay. Okay. Next key date, the NBA early entry eligibility deadline is April 23rd, so next Sunday at midnight. Okay. We'll know who the candidates are. 
for the draft. I may start doing. I may have time to do some scouting shit. I'm, if we keep our pick, I may get into my scouting bag, and I'm not very good at it, but I'll get into my scouting bag. <laughs> and the thing is, so I'll start looking at some of my old scouting reports. I used to do like a five year like recap on what I said in the draft and what ended up playing out. Mm-hmm. A lot of my scouting reports aren't necessarily wrong. I think where I get messed up is when I do the rankings and I rated it based, I ranked them based on what I saw their potential ceiling as. So like a Frank Nielakina, for example, I have Fox as my number one out of that draft class. I have Frank as my number two, right? But I gave him a gigantic range of worst case scenario, best case scenario. His worst case scenario is about where he is as far as a player, like low 70 type player, can play defense, can hit a shot. But the things that I said he needed to improve on to, to be what I thought he could be, I said he needed to fill out. He never did. He needed to grow into his length. He never did. He never tightened up his handle. Um, and he, he never got better at finishing. Like those were the things I said he needed to improve at. It didn't happen. So he stayed at that low level. You look at a list and it says Frank Nielakina number two, it looks like ass. But if you read the actual <laughs> details, it's pretty spot on. For Fox, same thing. I said he needed to get stronger. He did. I said once he's got his shot together, the sky was the limit. The sky looked like the limit this year. And I said that he his competitive fire, his tough, his his competitiveness is why I believed in him. He was my only lock to be a star out of that draft class. And I said he reminded me of Westbrook with his explosiveness, explosiveness and competitiveness. And this year, um, I think it all finally came together for him. And I couldn't couldn't be happier for him. Lori Marketing, I was hating on. <laughs> I was hating on Lori Marketing because uh, – and I even said in the thing, like, maybe I'm hating on him because of the games I watched him play because he folded like a baby back bitch in those games. I said he ain't had that dog in him. <laughs> I said he ain't had that dog in him. I said he'll score some points, but I don't, I don't know if he'd kill it like that to where I could put him as a lottery pick. And he wasn't that dude. He wasn't. He became that dude this summer, and he literally said it himself. I realized I really could be that dude. And then he did it. So shout out to Larry Marketing. I, if I'm wrong, then I, I, I like being proven wrong. Another guy, Sh- Shy, Sh- Gilgis Alexander, wasn't high on him. I realized pretty quickly I was wrong and I'm glad to be wrong. He's one of my favorite players right now. I love shot. I don't need to be right. That's not, that's not something that fuels me um, at all. Now, what it does is if I, if I see a guy and I think they have a lot of potential and then they achieve that potential, I can feel good about rooting for them. Like that, like Giannis, for example, like if Giannis wasn't a guy I had paid as being a potential star, I probably wouldn't be as big a Giannis fan as I am. But because it was somebody I looked, it's the same for Rudy. Like Rudy and Giannis are my guys because they were unknowns that I saw incredible potential for and they fulfilled that potential. So I feel like I've been a part of their journey, if you will. Okay. Um, Shy, I can say I'm a fan of him, but I can't put him like on my list right now because I, I doubted him coming out. That's fair. That's just how I operate. But I'm gonna have to get into the scouting bag because we got a lot of time to kill. They not had to get into it. We may not be able to draft shit, so we'll know. 
it's content, baby. We know. Right. <laughs> if it come down to it, I'm ready to get into that bag. And if it's a top 10 pick or a bust, that makes it easier because I can maybe just look at the top 15 or 20 players to decide who should be a target. Um, we've been on here long enough. I would say, again, have you seen podcasts? Three things coming. Goodwill hunting review conversation with, with Rolo should be dropping at the same time as this episode. Uh, interview with Tatum Matthews should be dropping midweek. And then next week, I'll be dropping the, the Bo is Afraid review with, uh, with my boy Tyler Lennon. Anything you got to plug? Uh, nah. Uh, latest episode of the Mind of Reese podcast came out last Thursday. Uh, new episode coming this week as well. Outside of that, nothing to plug from me. Okay. Where, where your followers at, man? We we 500 yet? I believe I'm close, but I'm not at 500. Uh, 480. We, we can get by next week. I need reason 500 followers. What are we doing? Come on, man. Get the followers up. Mavar25 on Twitter. Um, follow the show at Mavs Outsiders. On Twitter? Yes, sir. That's all I got. I'm just killing time. I'm just talking now. <laughs> Let's get the fuck out of here. Until next time. Peace. You, you're not going to say it. Peace. Next 30 seconds, picture yourself in Maine, standing on a rocky sea cliff, waves crashing against the shore. Imagine tasting the freshest seafood, succulent, sweet, and full of salty goodness. The calming sound of a canoe paddle dipping into a mirror-like lake. Picture yourself taking a breath and a beat, telling the world to stop, if only for a moment. Plan your trip at visitmaine.com. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every touchdown, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a 99-yard pass to score a touchdown or a fumble in the first minute of the game. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The McNugget Buddies are back. But this time, they got a fresh look as part of the new Kerwin Frost Box at McDonald's. We're talking all new buddies, dressed head to toe in the freshest fits. 
All designed by the artist Curran Frost. So when you order the Curran Frost box with your choice of 10-piece McNuggets or a Big Mac, you'll get one of the flyest McNugget buddies to go with it. Think you can collect them all? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I'm loving it. At participating McDonald's for a limited time, while supplies last. Hey, parents. Greenlight is here to take one big thing off your to-do list, teaching your kids about money. With a Greenlight debit card and money app of their own, Kids and teens learn to earn, save, and invest. You can send money instantly, set flexible controls, and get real-time notifications of your kids' money activity. Set up chores and put allowance on autopilot to reward them for their hard work. Then learn about the world of money together. Get one month free when you sign up at greenlight.com slash podcast.